All right, let's, um, let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much. Um, Lord, thank you for your goodness to us. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come and just continue. Thank you for what you've done already this morning, giving us your love and your grace and your mercy, helping us to worship you. Lord, come and speak through me. Speak to every heart. Lord, even if you don't use my voice, but you just choose to speak to people's hearts right now, please do. Lord, let us be um, somehow molded and shaped more into your image. Lord, thank you for the promise of Jesus. Lord, we look back on that as uh, 2,000 years ago, but still so relevant today. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, one one tradition we have around our house is um, we do Christmas movies from uh, after Thanksgiving. I don't know if any of y'all do. So, um, do you, maybe y'all do y'all know the Christmas story? Maybe maybe it's uh, "Twas the Night Before Christmas" and all through the house. See, you do know the Christmas story, right? Or or. Um, uh, you know, but do you know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen? But do you recall the most famous of all? Or, um, and you can go on, and of course you have Frosty the Snowman. By the way, I've, I've, uh, I've preached on a number of these for Christmas services. It's been really fun. Because there's a there's a great um, in so many of these there's a there's a great uh, Jesus moment if you can look for it and find it. You know you actually get down to Luke two. Um, in those days, a decree went forth from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the established earth. And you can continue on and, and read about the story of Jesus. But you know, even before all those, you have unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will rest upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Almighty God, the Prince of Peace. It's amazing to think that Isaiah wrote this over 700 years before Jesus. Over 700 years. Isaiah wrote somewhere in the, in the neighborhood of 700 to 740 B.C. So, probably 720, 730 years or so, he's giving this prophecy about a child coming into the world. If You might have read the email this morning. If you, if you want to think about that in our terminology today, you know, because when you look back on it, you're like, oh, 700 years, that's just that's not very long when you compare the entire history of the world, you know, 700 years, and it's all in one book, right? We've got, we've got all of it all nice and neatly together. But when you think about, in our terms, 
That's well before Christopher Columbus. You know what, the, the founding of America in 1776 is what, 240, 250 years? Right? So we, we look at our founding fathers and you kind of, we're getting to the point you're thinking, you know, boy, it's a long time ago since Benjamin Franklin and Sam Adams and, and George Washington, right? But when you're talking 240 years versus 700, you have to keep, you have to keep on going back. Martin Luther was in 1517, so 200 years before Martin Luther was a time span between Isaiah and the birth of Jesus. Pretty amazing. When you look at this passage, let me just kind of go through and, and exegete it a little bit because I, sometimes, and, and I've, I've been there, okay, you, you hear this entire passage read and you're like going, what is this whole boot in the booted warrior and flame of fire and burning and stuff have to do with Christmas? There'll be no more gloom for her. This is, uh, I'm sorry, Isaiah 9, verse 1. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1. There'll be no more gloom for her uh, who is in anguish. In, in earlier times, he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt. But later on, he shall make it glorious. By the way of the sea, on the other side of Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Just hang, hang out right there for just a second. Where, do you, anybody know where Nazareth was? There's a, a hamlet in, in Galilee, right? Jesus, so much of his ministry was in Galilee. Just check it out. Look up Galilee on one of your uh, uh, you know, Bible lookup, your, your concordance things. It's all over, all throughout the Gospels. Jesus being in Galilee. Why, Isaiah? Galilee of the Gentiles. It's not, it, this is the only place in the Old Testament it, you um, have the Galilee of the Gentiles. Isaiah is making a huge declaration here that the Messiah is going to come out and his, his, he's going to come from Galilee. But not only is that, he's got a ministry to the Gentiles. This is huge. Oh, it's it's kind of... It's probably even bigger than saying, you know what, the next great pitcher for Boston Red Sox is going to be a transfer from New York. And you say, no. No, no they would never have anybody from New York transfer. It would, no, it, you know, if, if, he, if, if somebody knocked one out of the park for Boston, they'll, they'll take the point away, right? Take the, we don't want New York in Boston, right? This is how, it's, it's even worse what are you talking about? The Messiah is going to come from a Gentile area? He's going to minister to the Gentiles? It's a worldwide thing? No chance. But we know that Jesus came and he, God put him right there in Nazareth in Galilee. And so much of his ministry, every time he does a, a sign, a wonder, a miracle, every time he preaches in Galilee, he's fulfilling Isaiah. And then, after he dies on the cross, you know that the, uh, and Jesus actually made inroads, but it's really, the whole gospel gets opened up to the Gentiles. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land 
the light will shine on them. You shall multiply the nation, you shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence, as with the gladness of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. You shall break the yoke of their burden and the staff on their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor as the, at the battle of Midian. For every boot of the booted warrior in the battle tumult and cloak rolled in blood will be for burning, fuel for the fire. T- take a pause right there for just a second. What, what, I, what Isaiah is really um, getting at here is, is kind of a two-fold thing. Not, number one, e- even in dark times, Jesus is going to come in a dark time. All right? And he is the one who's going to bring ultimate victory. Ultimate victory in battle, but you notice it says the, the load that's on there. Um, you should break the yoke of the burden on the staff of their shoulders. This is a reference going back even to when, when the Israelites were in slavery. So when the Messiah comes, he is, he is going to deliver the people of Israel. He's going to deliver them once again. It's, it's going to be a deliverance from, from slavery, and we know that really, ultimately, this slavery is to sin, right? But it's symbolized here that um, he will deliver them from a yoke of slavery, from the burdens that they have, the burden of sin, and he, he will deliver even from more than that. But not only that, it's going to go one step further that this Messiah will be the Prince of Peace. The, the idea is there with, with the, the booted soldier and, and everything rolled in blood will be for, for burning. It's, it's, it's very similar to, uh, you go back in Isaiah, and it says that they'll beat the swords into plowshares and, and the, um, uh, what into, I'm just blanked on that, the, into pruning hooks, right? Okay? The idea is you're not going to have to have war clothes anymore. All the stuff that, that you had for battle, all the bloodied clothes, all of the uh, boots that you had for battle that you'd wear, and, and you hear the boots marching in, it's, it's not going to be anymore. Just use it for firewood, is what he's saying here. The, there, there will be no more battle. You won't need it because the Messiah will enter in and be the Prince of Peace. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. So the burden will be off of your shoulders, but the government will be on his. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. On the throne of David, over his kingdom, to establish it, to uphold it with justice and righteousness, from then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. This is a very difficult passage for the Jews, okay? Because they, they believe in this Messiah to come who is going to be a, a son of David, right? You, you've got, and they, they have looked for this Messiah for thousands of years now. And they, it's, he's supposed to be a son of David, and he's going to bring in the kingdom. And this is what they, they were really, really looking for it uh, at the time of Jesus. Because um, they, they knew that all the prophecies were being fulfilled. And so they were looking for this Messiah to come, a, a son of David to be raised up. 
The, and what they wanted is, is a king to come in and fight all their battles and beat the Romans up and, and kick out Herod, right? And then off, bring in a new Davidic kingdom, a, a, the, the kingdom of peace. But what happened was Jesus came in and he, all, he started saying, I'm a, I am the only begotten child of God. And they didn't like that very much. How could the one God, the only one God, how could he have a kid? How could Mary, how could the the child of God be born from a a young girl? And yet all of these, these terms, his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. All of these names are names of God. If, if you remember, um, you remember in Judges where uh, the angel appears to um, Samson's parents, and they're telling him, telling that the angel is telling his parent, his parents that they're going to have a son, right? And uh, uh, Samson's dad asks, "Well, what's your name?" So why do you ask my name? For it is wonderful, right? That's that's the whole idea. It's a wonderful counselor. This is a name of God. It's, it's wonder. It, it, and um, by the way, um, we, we all know Handel. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, right? I, I'm not going to go any further than that. Um, th- I'm just, just going to say there's a, there's a debate there, and in, in just, just for those of you who care, because some of you all may not care, and that's fine. Um, there's a debate. Okay, where, if, is there a comma? Is it wonderful counselor? Or if you're reading in Hebrew, it's wonderful counselor because they go right to left. Um, okay, so is there a comma or not? And um, it used to be people thought, yeah, there's, there's definitely a comma. It's wonderful and counselor. But when you, when you look through it, um, all the rest are, are two word. Uh, Almighty God, ever, you know, ever, um, mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And so I think nowadays they're kind of saying, no, to, to make it even, um, because it's, it's poetic. And so to, make, to give it that poetic feel, um, that they should be combined together. So it's a wonderful counselor. By the way, um, this is over and against the king that was at the time. You know, we talked about Ahaz last week. He's not a wonderful counselor. <laughs> They had, a, they had a king who was a great counselor, who was, what was, anybody remember his name? Who had a lot of wisdom. Solomon. But this is the wisdom and counsel from God. Wonderful counselor. By the way, this is something the Lord's kind of in you know, pricking my heart with lately. And I want, I want to just toss this out to you and see if you will get it in your heart and let's start to have faith to believe for it. You know, Solomon had lots and lots of wisdom. But what we have is so much more than Solomon. God gave Solomon lots of physical, I believe, wisdom. You know, it was, it was a gift from God. But we have the Holy Spirit we have the Spirit of God 
living within us in a way that Solomon never experienced. You want wisdom? You want a wonderful counselor? God's already given it to us in his spirit. We should be, the, the, the church as a whole, you know, we should be the most, the wisest people on the face of the planet. Not because we have bigger, better brains, right? But because we're listening to the Holy Spirit within us who has the ultimate wisdom. And there should be wonderful counselor, mighty God. Again, this is, the, this son of David cannot be just a normal child because he's going to be called mighty God. Actually, one of the, some people interpret this as um, hero. It's hero God. It, it's great God. It is, it's, it's the big God, okay? And we know there's, there's only one God, but, the, you know, in a world then when there was lots of other gods, this one is the mighty God. Right? He's the hero God. He is the conqueror. He's the one with, with all the goods and all the power. And this will be his son. Eternal Father. Eternal Father. You know, this, um, this is it's a little bit more difficult because you're talking about the son, Right? But the, the idea is, is that he is the beginning of everything. You know, in, in the book of Revelation where, where Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Okay, that's the idea is Jesus is the beginning. He's the new Adam. He's the, he's the beginning of a whole new creation. So, he, Jesus, in essence, is, you know, as Adam was the father of the human race, Jesus is the new father of the new race of the children of God. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. Okay? So when, when you accept Jesus, you become a new creation, right? Okay, so he's the first one. Then everyone after him is in his likeness. Right? Isn't that cool? The Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. I've already dealt with this a, a bit when I talked about, um, you know, his government is one of peace. Now, when you look at the world today, there's a lot that is not peaceful. It may be even easy to look at Scripture and be, well, can I, can I say a, a, a little bit, um, you can look at it wrongly, and you can say, you know what, those Christians, they have this Bible that says that God is a God of peace. How would a God of peace let all these atrocities happen? How would a God of peace let all the abortion take place? How would a God of peace let 
um, another country invade a country. I know Ruth and some of the girls have been reading um, some stuff on World War II and how the Nazis just came in and would invade another country and would, would basically wipe out a town and just kill everybody in the town or, or put them all in, in a church and, and shoot the church up and then burn it on top of them. Men, women, children, the whole, everybody. How would a God of peace let this happen? You can get, get a little bit cynical For a, a generation that, you know, many of your, your parents may have been, or grandparents may have been in World War II, and you, you, we've gone through, uh, you know, Vietnam and, and uh, Iraq number one and Iraq number two and Afghanistan. And, but but it's, it's, it's God of peace, right? And then right now you've got um, Russia who's amassing many, many, many troops on the border and it looks like they're going to invade Ukraine. And, and you say, but, but God of peace. How can we have a God of peace when we have a pandemic out there, when we have wars, when we have things that are just blowing up and it seems like they're blowing up everywhere? You know, I have to think about Jesus' birth. And I'm just kind of imagining, you know, in my, in my head, thinking about Mary. And how Mary had a promise of this child that was going to be born to her. Mary was probably about Kaylin's age. Kaylin, stand up. Wave to everybody. Mary's probably 14, 15-ish. Okay. She, um, she's a, a young girl who's betrothed, who she's engaged to, um, to a husband, and all of a sudden she gets an angel that says, hey, you're going to be pregnant. What, what do you mean I'm going to be pregnant? I don't have a husband. I, I don't... This, this isn't how this works. Okay. To get, to get pregnant like that, that, this is, it doesn't work like that. And all of a sudden, she's pregnant. And all of a sudden, everybody's looking at her going, hey, what happened? Well, I had this angel, you see, and he came. Right. <laughs> How many times do you think she got that? Well, I don't know when it happened. This, the angel said that I, it, would, it was just going to happen. Right, Mary. How many times? How many times do you think Joseph got looked at and said, no, this isn't my kid. Well, whose is it? Mary had this prophecy of Isaiah. How many times do you think she had the little baby Jesus in her arms? And she's nursing the baby, and she's mighty God. Mighty God? He, 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 all he does is eat, sleep, and go to the bathroom. What do you mean, mighty God? Right? Or in the middle of the night, 
and, he's, and Jesus is hungry. And she says, Prince of Peace? What are you talking about? I've got four girls over here. I know, I know what happens in the middle of the night when they're hungry. And you say, Prince of, Princesses of Peace? I don't think so. Right? <laughs> Hello? And she's teaching him to 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 crawl and, and scent and and to you know and, and he, he plops over and, and, and you know she's she's having to hold him as he tries to take those first steps. Eternal Father. Would it have been easy for Mary to go? I don't know how it happened, but this this kid here, he looks like a regular kid. There's something different about him. It really is, but he has to eat just like a regular baby. He, he I got to change his diapers multiple times a day and wash him out because they didn't have huggies, right? You change the diaper of the Son of God, and what do you think? It, it, he, he's obviously human. He's obviously, there's something natural about him. We're not talking about the one with the little halo and all he does is smile and go like this even when he's two, right? Okay? We're talking about a baby. You know, at that time, I think that's a lot of what happened. Even when Jesus grew up and was a man and he walked through and he was in Nazareth and People said, aren't you the child of? Or they would say, we weren't born out of fornication. That was uh, like you were. And Jesus said, "A, a prophet is without honor in his hometown. You see, the problem is, is when you see Jesus just through the natural eyes, all you can see is a man. But when you begin to see who he actually is, he is much, much more. And a lot of times the world, I think, looks at Jesus and just sees the man. And they look at what the Christians say, who Jesus is, and they just see a good teacher. Now, we know a good teacher doesn't lie and say he's the son of God, right? And you can use those logical arguments and say, you know what, you can't say he's a good teacher and not, and not believe that he taught all these things. But even as Christians, we can look and start to become cynical of, of these major, major promises in Scripture because we haven't yet seen them all. I started talking, you know, Isaiah. It was 700 years waiting on the promise. Sometimes I think we can't wait 700 minutes for a promise of God, much less seven years or 70 years. And yet, the 
the promise of God was absolutely true. We have to begin to see Jesus as this promised Savior. And let me tell you what I believe the, the key is with this, because Jesus is still the Prince of Peace. Jesus is still the Prince of Peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and it has application for us today. I was, um, I was in a, a tire shop just recently waiting on... Uh, uh, actually, it ended up being a nail to be pulled out of my tire. And I don't... We don't really watch the news. You know, I, I check the, the headlines on, on the internet, but I don't listen to, like, Good Morning America and all this stuff, right? And they, so they had on one of the news stations. And all they, it, they, all they were talking about is Omicron. And I'm going, they're talking about Greek? I'm like, like I listen to this, right? No. All they're talking about is this new variant. And it, the, what, what's happening is, is, is they're just, it's like this fear. And they're just, it's uh, over the airwaves, it's like fear, receive, receive fear is, what, is what's coming out. I'm going, whoa, 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 time out. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, right? He's the Prince of, he's not the Prince of Fear. He's the Prince of Peace. I, I, I don't receive that fear. Why, why, am, I, why am I saying this? It's because what, what, with each one of us, individually, we have a choice. We have a choice individually to receive that Prince of Peace. And it takes faith. It takes faith for us to receive him as the Prince of Peace rather than to just see him as a man. It takes faith for us to say, you know what, I am not going to receive what the world is saying. I'm going to receive him for what the Bible says he is. I'm not going to receive him as the world would say, oh, he's just a, he's just a teacher, or he's just a good man, or he was just a, a rabbi that lived 2,000 years ago. No, I'm going to receive him as all of these names of God, as the mighty God, the eternal Father, the Prince of Peace, the wonderful Counselor. I'm going to receive him individually as all of those things in my life. Do I need wisdom? Well, well James says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask. I've got the wisdom. I've got the wonderful counselor right here. You have to receive it by faith. Do, am I a new creation? Absolutely. How do I know? Because he is the eternal father, and by faith I receive all the blessings of that fatherhood in Jesus. Right? All the blessings of Abraham. Why? Why? Because I've got a father a spiritual father in Christ. Uh, the Prince of Peace, we can receive him as that Prince of Peace with, within us and say, I am going to reject everything that is not of peace. Because that Prince of Peace lives inside of me and he is the great king. Now, what, you're gonna, what you will, will see in the world and here, here's the key. When you have more Christians that begin to accept this individually by faith, okay, let me, let me say that again. I want, to, I want to, everyone to get this in their heart. 
when you have people who individually accept these things, individually, by faith, and you put them all in a big group, and they, the group is saying, okay, by faith, when the whole church comes together, right? By faith, we're going to, we see that Jesus is this Prince of Peace. Jesus is this mighty God. Jesus is the wonderful counselor. Jesus is the eternal Father, right? We're going to receive all these things by faith, individually, first, corporately, as a nation. Then you're going to see the peace on earth, just as Isaiah talks about. But it starts with each one of us individually. It, can't, it doesn't start with the nation and then work down. It, it doesn't work very well. The, the, the Holy Roman Empire tried that, and um, it, it doesn't, doesn't come out too well. All right? But when you have a group of people who individually choose to receive by faith, and then that turns into a town, turns into a state, turns into a nation that have believed and received by faith Jesus, who he said he is, then you will see peace reign upon the earth. But for today, each one of us, we have a choice. You have a choice today, this minute. Because you're going to walk out of here and you're going to have, you're going to be confronted with something that does not line up with who Jesus says he is right here. You're going to be confronted with fear. Or you're going to be confronted with turmoil. You're going to be confronted with anxiety. You're going to be confronted with uh, needing wisdom. You're going to be confronted with, with something else that says it's a, a bigger, better God than what, what Jesus says. You're going to be confronted with that in a short amount of time. And you have the choice. You have the choice whether to say, no, by faith I'm going to receive Jesus as who he said he is. Or you're going to say, you know what, that's nice. I'm going, to, I'm going to look at this other stuff and receive that instead. Let me encourage you. Jesus still is the wonderful counselor. He still is the eternal father. He's still the mighty God. He's still the prince of peace. And he is that for you right now. If you'll receive it by faith. Let me encourage you to do that. When those, those things come against you, and I'm going to close right here. When those things come against you, reject them. Reject them and instead say, no, I am going to believe. I'm going to believe that my Jesus is a Prince of Peace. And I'm going to receive that peace. No, I'm going to believe that he is the eternal father. I'm going to receive those blessings. I believe that he's the mighty God and he lives inside of me. And I'm, not, I'm going to reject all of the, the junk. Whether that is spiritual junk coming at you, physical junk, financial junk. I'm going to reject it. And I'm going to receive what he has for me instead. Hey, when, it, when it comes along, you say, I don't know what to do. I'm going to receive that he is the wonderful counselor and he lives within me. And he is just chomping at the bit to give us his counsel. Isn't that a great picture? God's excited to give us wisdom and counsel. Are we listening? Right. Let me pray. 
And, I, and I'm going to just give you a blessing with this. Lord, we come to you today thanking you for who you are. Thank you that you still are today all of these names of God. And Lord, I know that we're going to, each one of us, Lord, myself included, I need this in my heart. Lord, I need you to be the Prince of Peace and the Mighty God and the Eternal Father. And the Lord, I need these things. I need your counsel. Oh, Lord, I pray for an abundance of faith for each person in here. That we will receive you for who you are. I know there's, there's several in here who even right now are saying, that's me, i got to have it right now. And I pray for those, those people specifically, Lord, that you would bless them. What, whatever it is that they need, Lord, I don't know, but whatever it is and what these names of God that they say, I, that's me, i got to have it right now. Lord, I pray that you will impart that to them in their heart, that they can walk out of here knowing that they've encountered you and that, that you have inserted yourself into their situation. Well, we love you. We thank you. As always, I, I continue to place the seal, your apostolic seal upon each person here, upon their family, that they would be protected on every side, that a holy fire would be about them and protect them from any sort of accident, injury, any sort of sickness or disease or virus or, or cold or whatever it may be, that you yourself would be their protection and their shield. Lord, for those who can continue to need healing, Lord, I... I we lift up Lynn to you to ask that you continue to heal her. Thank you, Lord, for the great bounds that she's gone already. And, Lord, I, I pray that you will uh, just continue it to full completion. And for those who are still suffering with, with whatever it might be, Lord, for either long term, it's been many, many years, or even in this last year that they've still got some stuff that they're trying to get over. Lord, I pray for their healing. Lift, lift up Amy to you. Um, and ask that you would give her wisdom as she is um, dealing with this um, uh, this battle that she's going through. And Lord, we thank you for it. And we just give you honor, praise and honor for everything that you've done and everything you're continuing to do. In Jesus' name, amen.